Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Thank you for your prayers uh, for my mom. And uh, they did um, intubate her today. And so just continue to pray for her and pray for our family. I'd appreciate that. <clears throat> Psalm 139. <coughs> we'll read this as we go today. Um, it's a little bit longer chapter here. So let's see here. I had it open and then all of a sudden now it's not open. There it is. All right. Uh, Psalm 139, another psalm of David here. Um, every day around the world, people receive medical diagnoses which are, diagnose, uh, which are disheartening. Uh, kind of we're dealing with that right now and uh, what we're going on. And it's funny how whenever I studied, I, you know, kind of dealing with this, but actually it was fresh in my mind as well. But uh, sometimes after feeling just fine with little or no symptoms, they can find that cancer has been growing in your body for some time. Uh, even with the advancing uh, advances of medicine and medical procedures, we still can't see what's going on inside the body very easily. There's some imaging which we can have are better than what has been in the past, uh, but we can't always perfectly see. We have to rely on tests and scans to try to piece together information to give us an idea of what is happening. Uh, in fact, they sometimes will do exploratory surgery uh, to be, try to determine the extent of something sometimes. This beautiful psalm here, there's another one written by David, of course, and tells us that God knows everything that is happening both inside and outside of our lives. And uh, not only are we wonderfully and carefully made, but God knows everything from our birth to the day that we're going to die. And he loves us so very much, and he cares about even the minute details of our lives. And the truth is we can't uh, really understand ourselves. Uh, we can't fully understand the wickedness and deceit of our own hearts. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who could know it? And yet God knows everything about us and loves us even still. Amen? <laughs> Amazing thing. In studying this chapter, I see six important things about our nature and our, and our lives. Six elements of our relationship with God that we need to realize and explore if we're ever going to have any idea just how much God really loves us. And let's take a look at those six elements. First one uh, is we are known. We are known. Uh, we see this in verses 1 through 6 where the Bible says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Uh, thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Uh, the idea here is, the overall idea is that we are known, personally known, by God. And boy, what a wonderful truth that is. Amen. The God of all creation personally knows us and knows all about us. The Bible says that the Lord has searched me, uh, explored, that means searched out. Uh, he has known me, he says. It's a relationship, not just knowing of me, but it's a, 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 a word that means relationship. And he knows us, not just uh, uh, knows of us, but really knows us. 
In fact, he continues, he says, he knows the, my downsetting, a word which means to dwell or inhabit. He knows where I live, how I live, and everything else. He knows uh, exactly what's going on in our lives. As well as our uprising, means to stand. It's a poetic way of saying that he knows all of me. And throughout uh, Hebrew poetry, whenever they would take one extreme to the other, it included everything in between. And so the downsetting to the uprising included everything about my life. And David says that God understands my thoughts even afar off. And God understands my thoughts, my heart, better than I do, since we can't really understand our own hearts. And David says that God compasses my path and my lying down. It speaks of keeping a careful watch on people, watching their paths closely. In fact, he continues and says that he is acquainted. And that means uh, to know intimately, closely with all my ways. Very different from the way that we use the word acquainted today. We're talking about an acquaintance. Hey, this, the word literally means to know intimately and closely. Uh, and in fact, David continues and says, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. He knows everything. All together. It means every part. All of it. And he knows every word that your tongue has spoken, is speaking, and ever will speak. He knows you. And it's an incredibly intimate knowing. Not only does he know us, but David tells us that he besets us behind and before. The word speaks to putting up a protective barrier like a fortress in a city. And David says he protects us on every side. Even from above, he lays his hand upon us, as this verse says here. It's a picture of his involvement in our, direct involvement in our protection. Is it any wonder that David says here, such knowledge is too wonderful for me? It's just, it's, you can just ex hear the excitement in David's voice, can't you? Boy, this is just even too wonderful to even think about. Uh, it's high, so high, I cannot attain unto it. We are known by God. And not just known, but verses 7 through uh, 13 tells us that we are led by God. We are led. Verse 7 says, verse, uh, chapter 139 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. And the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And David now moves into the second element of our relationship with God. And we are not only known, but we are led. Uh, we, have, we may naturally try to hide from God because of our sins, have broken our relationship with him. But just like in Genesis, when Adam and Eve uh, hid, in Genesis 3.8 it says, They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Why? Because they had that sin for the first time, that separation. But hiding will do no good, just like it didn't do any good for Adam and Eve. And so David concludes, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where could I possibly go where God could not find me? He continues, he says, If I ascend into the heaven, thou art there doesn't matter how high a mountain I climb, he's already there. 
If I go into space, talking about the heavens, you know, if I go into space, he's there. And he goes the opposite again. Again, that poetic uh, opposites, heavens to hell. And he says, if I make my bed in hell, the word Sheol, uh, behold, thou art there. The Sheol is the word that describes the uh, world of the dead, the underworld. But David declares that God is there too. He's everywhere. He says, if I dwell in the skies or in the depth of the ocean, or as God, David put it, if I take the wings of the morning in the sky, or if I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, guess what? God's still there. Uh, but David reveals something here about the, all these places that God is. Uh, he says, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. And all these places will not be able to run from the presence of God. But rather, God will be leading us all the way. Not only are we not running from him, but he's leading us if we allow him to do it. Now David says, if I, if I were to say, surely the darkness shall cover me. And even if I were to try to hide in the darkness, it would do no good. For he says, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from me, but the night shineth as the day. He's saying light or darkness. It doesn't matter to God. God can see us uh, in any light or lack thereof. He knows exactly where we are, and he can see us. We can see this as God is always watching, so you better be careful. Uh, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, things like that. For the Father up above is looking down on love. Oh, be careful, little eyes. You can look at it that way, or we can look at it and take it as if it doesn't matter if we find ourselves in trouble during the brightest day or in the darkest corner of the night. God sees us, and he's aware of our situation, and he's leading us through it all. He's not only omniscient, he knows everything, but he's omnipresent. He's everywhere, always with us. David says, for thou hast possessed, means to buy, to purchase, to acquire, to possess, my reins. That's the seat of the emotions, the innermost and pri most private aspect of a person. He says, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. He, he placed me there. He put me there. He chose me to be born. And praise the Lord, wherever we are, we are known. And we are led by God. And this is the last part of the verse leads us to the third element of our relationship. We are made. We are known, we are led, and we are made. Number three, verse 14 through 16, he says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that thy, my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there, were, there was none of them. And David now turns to praise God for who has made him. Why? Because we are fearfully, a word means with reverence and with respect. Can you believe God has reverence and respect toward us? He did in the fact that he made us. He reverently and respectfully made us the, exactly the way that he wanted us to be. He says, uh, and, and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works. That word literally means workmanship. Wonderful and marvelous is thy workmanship. <coughs> and that my soul knoweth right well. <coughs> it's truly important to truly, <coughs> excuse me, to truly understand and internalize this verse. It's so important for our lives. You are made exactly the way that God wants you to be made. 
You are exactly who God wants you to be. Now, your sins may cause you to fall short of the glory of God, but as far as how God has made you, you're exactly the way He wanted. In the family that He wants you to be, and with the <coughs> everything, excuse me, exactly the way He wants you to be. You're not too sharp, short. You're not too tall. You're not too skinny. You're not too big boned. I'm not going to say the other word. Uh, your uh, your eyes are not the wrong color. Your hair is exactly as God chose it to be. Uh, I don't think it's a sin for you to dye your hair. Don't get me wrong. But uh, God chose it to be that way. Those that are redheaded, are, God chose you that way. Okay, I'm not pointing anybody out or anything, naming any names. But other than the things that we can change due to how careful we are in taking care of this body, you are made exactly the way that God wants you to be. When we wish something else, we're saying, God, you didn't know what you were doing. But he did. He purposely made you and respectfully made you and wonderfully made you exactly the way he wanted you to be. Well, I don't understand why God... It doesn't matter. You don't have to understand. Just understand that God did it. And David continues, My substance means my frame, my strength, was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, in the mother's womb, when no one else could see it, especially back then. There were no ultrasounds. <laughs> No way to seeing what it was going to be or how it was going to be, if it was going to be humanly, as we call it, perfect or as we call it, flawed in some way. It's exactly the way God meant it to be, no matter what. But in that secret place, in that womb, God saw the baby. And curiously wrought, it means to, it, the word literally means to embroider, to weave, to do needlework. It's figurative to the, the human embryo being woven into existence. The art form that's involved in that. It says in the lowest parts of the earth. It's not talking about the underground uh, or under the ground. But it's talking about in the lowest parts of the earth in the view of mankind. And kind of like when Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> Even in the poorest areas, the most rejected areas, people think that nothing could come out of that. God carefully and wonderfully made you exactly the way he wanted you to be and put you where he wanted you to be. Even though someone may come from the lowest positions, God still sees them and God made them. And David said, Thine eyes did see my substance. This is a different word than the word translated substance above. This one literally means embryo. It's the Hebrew word for embryo. It's, thine eyes did see my embryo. <laughs> Yet being unperfect, it wasn't fully formed. Even though it was not fully formed, God saw it. And it says that in thy book are all my members written. The King James translates that, uh, uh, translators gave an alternate interpretation or translation here. And they said uh, it could be translated this way or it could be translated as in thy, in thy book all of them are written. All of them. And the word my members were added to kind of help us give an understanding of what he's talking about. The original says in thy books all were written. That's what it says. All were written. Literally everything. This would include my members, my days, my life. God knows it all. Some translations will put all my days are written. And all of it is true because it's all is written about us in his books. 
And continues, he said, which in continuance, the word yom, meaning days, times, and, and uh, years. Uh, in my continuance, the, as I live this life, or as I grow, that embryo grows, were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. God created, made you, your members, your organs, and all from nothing, really, from an egg and a seed, and that's it. And yet, you grew all of these things because God created it that way, and God made you. You are known, you're led, you're made. Fourthly, you're loved. Verse 17, he says, starts this section in 17 and 18. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. The very thought that we are thought about. <laughs> Amen. God thinks about us. What an amazing thing. How precious are those thoughts about us. How valuable of such high value of such worth. Not only that, but how great is the sum of them, he says. Not just the quality of the thoughts, and they are precious, he says, but the quantity of the thoughts of great number. And David says if he were to try to count the number of times that God thought about us, they would be more than the sands of the earth. Can you imagine? Boy, how good God is to us and how much he loves us. He says, when I wake up, he's still thinking about us. Now, God doesn't sleep. You know, it's easy for us to say, when I wake up, she's the first thing that I think of in the morning. <laughs> you know? Or he, in some, most of your cases. <laughs> you know, and that's the first thing I think of in the morning. Because I love that person. Well, God doesn't sleep. <laughs> but when we wake up, he's still thinking about us. Psalm 121, verse 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He doesn't need to sleep. So instead, David said, When I wake up, you're still thinking about me. You think about that which you love, amen? And by the way, you love that which you think about. That's why it's important for you to be careful what you think about, amen? We can't even number the number of times that God has thought of you. He's in love with you. You are his treasure. Sometimes it's hard to imagine that, isn't it? Let's be honest. But it's true. God says it is. You're known. You're led. You're made. You're loved. And fifthly, you're defended. Verse 19, he says, Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. God will defend us from the wicked. He will help us. And David turns to the wicked and warns them, You better depart from me, you bloody men. He's not English cursing, okay? It literally means blood. They have blood on their hands, okay? And God is coming after you, he's warning them. What is David's chiefest complaint about these bloody men? His chiefest complaint is that they speak against God wickedly. They take God's name in vain. And just like the commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, it speaks more than just cursing within his name. It speaks to using his name without reverence or fear. To use it vainly, 
And so these enemies of David have not feared God. They have lightly used God's name in promises or vows or spoke against God, as the earlier part of the verse says. And this bothers David. It grieves him, as it should with all of us. When, somebody, when, somebody, when you love somebody and somebody speaks evil against them, <clears throat> it should grieve you. Just as it should grieve us when somebody speaks evil against God. He says, I hate them, O Lord, I, uh, 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 that I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. I'm grieved by those that rise up against thee. He, he hates them with a perfect hatred, he said. A hatred without sin, set within the boundary of what is right. And he counts them as his enemies because they are the enemies of God. Just as God has defeated, uh, excuse me, just as God has defended us, we ought to be vigilant and zealous about defending God as David was. Because we are known, he knows who we are and where we are. Because we are led, he leads us even through the darkest valleys. Because we are made, we are made in his image exactly the way he wanted us to be. And he has had all of eternity past to plan you out the way that he wants you to be. Imagine that. And we were loved. Now, sometimes I think, you know, uh, you had all of eternity past to plan me, and this is what you came up with? <laughs> but God knows what he wants. And he has the right to make those decisions. And he sees it as beautiful. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us so that we could be reconciled with him. He loves you. And we are defended. Therefore, we ought to defend his name. And then lastly, number six, we are cleansed. We are cleansed. Verse 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Of all of his thoughts toward us, none is greater than his forgiveness and cleansing. David, having just said that he knows everything about us, asks God then, to search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Kind of an odd thought, isn't it? He just said he knows everything about us. Why is he asking God to search me? But this searching and this knowing and this trying is not for God's discovery. He already, he already knows. It's, it's for us. It's for our discovery. For him to reveal to us what areas need to be fixed. He knows exactly what is wrong with our hearts and how desperately wicked it is. And David asked him to search his heart, explore every nook and cranny, scout out and explore the darkest caves of my soul. He asked him to know his heart, to discern how I think and how I feel. Try me, examine or prove me. To, the word literally means to test or refine as like in precious metal, gold or silver. See if any dross comes to the surface. And it says, know my thoughts. Literally, the thoughts, the, the thoughts there, the word that is used there literally means anxious feelings. He's asking God not just what I think about, but know my, what I'm anxious about, why I'm not trusting in you. And he's asking God to calm his inner anxieties. Same word that is used in Psalm 94, 19. By the way, the only time this word is used twice, these two times, the only times this word are used. Psalm 94, 19 says, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. 
Multitude of my anxious thoughts, thy comforts delight my soul. God quiets those anxieties. Here David is asking him to know, to know them, to root them out, just as dross from silver. And he continues is to see if there be any wicked way in me. And wicked here is not the word ra, where everywhere else is translated sinful or bad or wicked. It's actually the word oseb, which means pain or painful way. A way that leads me to a life of pain rather than to a life of joy. As we ask God to lead me in the way everlasting, he wants us to lead me in the way, the path or the road, the pattern of my life, the righteous life that would lead me to eternal life. He's asking for cleansing away from the wicked, painful life to a life of righteousness. Oh, how we ought to praise the Lord. Amen. For we are known by him. He knew us before time ever began. Amen. We just need to follow his leading. Praise him because we are made by him. We don't need to change anything. Amen. Praise him because we are loved by him. Know the depths of that love. Praise him because we are defended by him. There's no need for fear or anxiety. Praise him because we are cleansed by him. Know how he loves you and me. Amen. Boy, let's love him back. Let's seek to know him. Let's seek to follow his lead. Let's seek to accept how he made us. Let's seek to love him and defend him. And let's seek out his cleansing. Invite his searching, his knowing, and his trying of the heart and our thoughts and our ways. And boy, we can have a much happier life if we do. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. We'll shut up.